love him all across this building. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise and a shout of victory. Are there any victorious people in the house of the Lord this Sunday afternoon? Hallelujah. Give the Lord some praise in Jesus' wonderful name. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. It is so good to be here on this Sunday afternoon. We would like to say it is such an honor to have all of our guests and our visitors with us, all of our mothers. Let's give them a warm ARC welcome. Amen, amen. As was mentioned, uh, you don't want to miss it. All mothers, there's a there will be a gift for you after service that you can get in the foyer. Also, you can get your picture taken, and so you want to take advantage of that opportunity, and uh, you'll be you'll be blessed in Jesus' name. Uh, at this time, we'd like to dismiss our Sunday school students and their teachers to their classrooms. Everybody say, God bless our Sunday school kids. And God bless our Sunday school teachers. Amen. We're already gearing up with full classrooms for our Sunday school kids revival. And uh, we'll have more details to follow on that, so you don't want to miss it. Amen. If you have your Bibles... We're going to be turning open to a couple passages of scriptures. The first scripture we're going to be turning open to is the book of John, the gospel of John, chapter 3 and verse number 16. Then we're going to be turning open to 1 John, the epistle 1 John, chapter 4, verses 7 through 11, and then Romans 5 and 8. Now, I don't remember, expect you to remember all of that, but that's for the media team. Amen. John chapter 3. And verse 16, now there may be many in this house that can quote this, and that is good. Amen. In fact, I encourage that. Memorize this. It's a wonderful verse in Jesus' name. The Bible says in John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life if you turn open to the the epistle of first John that's all the way near the end of your Bible right before you get to the book of revelations first John chapter 4 and beginning in verse number 7 and I'll give you a minute to get there 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7 says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. That explains a lot about our world. For God is love. In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. Herein is love, not that we loved God, because for many of us that was not the case, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we ought to also love one another. 
And if you could skip back to the book of Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. Romans chapter 5 and verse number 8. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. But God commended or showed or shows in the present tense his love towards us, in that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. Not when you were good. Not when you had it all together. Not when you looked as nice as you do today on this Mother's Day Sunday. But when you could look back in your mind at the biggest regret of your life, the biggest mistake you ever made, when you were doing your best to be your worst. No, we always talk about doing your best to be your best. You were at the best part, the, the top of your game, being the worst version of yourself. It was in that moment that Christ showed his love towards you and Christ died for you. And I want to preach to us. I thought about titling this a lot simpler, but I just don't think that would encapsulate what I really want to say. I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject. You are dearly, deeply, profoundly, and unconditionally loved. I'm going to say that again for the media team. You are dearly, deeply, profoundly, and unconditionally loved. I want you to repeat that after me. I am dearly, deeply, profoundly, and unconditionally loved. I think we need to say that again. I am dearly, deeply, profoundly, and unconditionally loved. I think we ought to set our Bibles down, lift up our hands, and let's give the Lord some praise. Come on, all across this house, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord, I love you. I thank you today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Lord, that you have given this word and you've been putting it in my heart. And God, I'm praying that you would put this deep down in our bones, Lord, that we would leave this building and never forget this, that this would be a moment, amen, not just, amen, for those of us that come week in and week out, but God, for every guest, every visitor, every mother, every, every father, every man, every woman, every child, amen, that God, we would receive this word and that we would get this revelation that we are, in fact, dearly, deeply, profoundly, and unconditionally loved and God, that we would hold on to that revelation with everything that is within us. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. The Word of God declares to us one of the most profound and revelatory statements in all the Word of God, that God is love. But how do we define that? The dictionary defines love based on human terms as intense affection for another person based on familial or personal ties. We love other people or say we love other people 
when we are attracted to them or when they do something for us or ultimately when they make us feel good. I want you to notice a key phrase in the dictionary's definition of love, based on. This phrase implies that we are, lo we are loving conditionally. In other words, we love someone because they fulfill a condition that we require before we can say that we love them. How many times have you heard or said, I love you because you are cute, nice, friendly, giving, on time? <laughs> I love you because you take good care of me. I love you because you are fun to be with. I love you because you have my eye color. You are my child. Human love is a complex set of emotions, behaviors, and beliefs associated with strong feelings of affection, protectiveness, warmth, and respect for another person. This definition implies that we love someone because of our connection to them. Because human love at its very base is conditional. So can anybody really understand or comprehend unconditional love? It seems that, that the love that we could really go back to, and it was already mentioned today, and I'm using this as a perfect opportunity and as a backdrop uh, to talk about this concept of unconditional love, is when we talk about mothers. Amen. Mothers have, amen, an unconditional or as close as we can get to an unconditional love for their children. Amen. The only way we can get closer to the actual definition is to talk about God's love altogether. We continue to love our children through good times and through bad, and we don't stop loving them if they don't meet the expectations that we might have for them. We might be disappointed, but you never stop loving them. We make a choice to love our children even when we consider them in other people might un consider them unlovable. Our love does not stop when we don't feel love for them. This is similar to God's love for us. Amen. God's love transcends the human definition of love to the point that it is so hard for us to fully comprehend. God is love. I fear that in it should be said that we talk about love a lot more, but I think that in, in apostolic church culture we've opted not to talk about love because uh, it's an emotion that we're uncomfortable with, and it's an emotion that we can't always define. Amen. But what does it mean when we say that God is love? Quite simply, it means that God's, God is love personified. He is love. At the fundamental essence of his being, God is love love when we when god chose to reveal his nature and his very essence to us in the word of god he chose to use the word love to define himself amen through the epistle of john and as we grow in the knowing of god through the bible we 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 grow in the knowing of love itself 
He is the very definition of love. God is fundamentally and essentially love. I want to talk to somebody for a moment to help you understand what that means. It does not mean that God is merely loving. Amen. God is not just, uh, amen, having good, warm feelings of love towards you. But God in his very essence is love. Uh, This love is the word agape, which means unconditional, unmerited, unfavored. You can't earn it. You don't deserve it. There's nothing you can do. God's love, amen, is superseding any reason in which you should or should not be loved. Uh, His love is not dependent on you, on what you've done, on who you are, what family you were born to, what your ethnicity. I want to tell you that God's love goes above and beyond that. God's love goes beyond your actions this week. God's love goes beyond your actions in your life. God's love goes beyond it all. It is unconditional love. Somebody lift up your hands and let's magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So God is not just loving. God is love. Love is the fundamental essence of his nature and of his character. It is the very essence of his being. God is perfect in love. Nobody's got the corner on love like God. Nobody can write enough songs to define out God's love. God's love is manifested by his absolutely pure desire to care for, to share, and to give to us. Amen. God commended his love towards us or God shows his love towards us when we talk about God being love or God loving us we usually hear this from the vantage point that we should love God this is true but God first loved us and we've got to get this understanding amen here today because if not we will fall into an old testament category of this concept of love Because the Old Testament starts with this. In Deuteronomy 6, 4, it says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. This is the beginning of the commandments of God. And verse 5 says, And thou shalt love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Amen. In other words, in the Old Testament, it starts out and says, We are to love God. But the New Testament shows us, amen, the way that I think God really wanted to reveal himself. Uh, The New Testament doesn't start by telling those of us that have failed and fallen uh, that we need to love God with everything. Uh, The New Testament starts uh, that God so loved uh, the world. Amen. Let me talk to you about this for a moment. It did not say that we are to love God, although we should. It starts it off with the right premise that God loves you, that God loves me, that God loves my world, that God loves your world, that God loves my family, that God loves your family. Amen. It doesn't start with the premise that I have got to somehow come up with a way to love God, but it starts with the the premise uh, that I am deeply, uh, dearly, uh, unconditionally, uh, profoundly loved by God. I think we ought to give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Uh, Hallelujah. Let's give God some love uh, back uh, because he first uh, loved us. Hallelujah. Amen. God is love, but how can we begin to understand that truth? There are many passages in the Bible that give definition to love. The most well-known is the one I quoted earlier today, John 3 and 16. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but should have everlasting life. So one way that God defines love is in the act of giving. However, what God gave was not a mere, amen, gift wrapped up in wrapping paper as a present. But what God gave to us was the very hope of salvation through Jesus Christ's death, his burial, and his resurrection. This is an amazing love because we were the ones that at the very beginning when we were commanded to love God, when we were commanded to give God everything, amen, we failed and we did not fulfill that purpose. We instead loved ourselves, amen, a little more than we loved God and started doing things the way that we thought they should be done. And we started going into areas that God told us not to. And, amen, when we think about this, we were the ones that chose to reject God by our very actions. And yet, it is the God of heaven that comes down in the likeness of you and I to mend the relationship. I want to tell you about how much God loves you he would leave his throne in heaven, amen, and become like you and I so that he might die and be buried and rise again on the third day just to let you know there's somebody that's dying to save you. There's somebody that loves you so much that will give up life itself just to see you saved. Oh, somebody ought to give the Lord some praise. Oh, come on, let's lift up our hands and let's magnify the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Let's pray for just a moment. I know that this is making some folks uncomfortable. They don't, they don't know how to handle God loving them. Amen. They know what it is when I start telling them, them to love God. Amen. But what do you do when I'm telling you God loves you? Somebody pray right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Come on. Let's pray. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, you might have rejected God this week. Uh, your actions might have rejected, uh, but that doesn't stop God from loving you. Uh, that doesn't stop God from wanting to save you. Uh, that doesn't stop God from wanting to help you. Hallelujah. Amen. It's an amazing love because we were the ones that did not fulfill our end of the bargain, which is to love God. Amen. And yet it is God that mends the separation through his intense personal sacrifice and all we have to do is receive his love. All we have to do is receive his offer of salvation. Another great verse is another one that I quoted today. In Romans 5 and 8, God commended or showed his love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Amen. This verse in John 3.16, I want you to notice something. There are no conditions there. There are no conditions placed on God's end about his love towards us. God does not say in any of those verses, uh, amen, nor is there a verse that you can pull up, uh, as soon as you clean up your act, I'll love you. Hallelujah. Nor does it say, I'll die for you if you promise to love me. I'll do this as an exchange for what you will do. 
Amen. And yet that's how many people are living for God today. Amen. Living for God today has become transactional. Amen. It has been, I will do this, uh, amen, because I don't want to lose out on his love. Uh, amen. They do things out of fear, and it's not based in love. Uh, it's based on what do I got to do to miss out on hell. Uh, it's what do I got to do, uh, amen, so that God will keep on loving me. Uh, I want to tell you there's nothing you can do to get God to keep loving you, uh, and there's nothing that you've done wrong uh, to stop God from loving you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ died for us while we were still, in the eyes of everybody else, unlovable, amen, unworkable, unsavable sinners. We didn't have to get clean, amen. We did not have to make any promises to God, amen, so that we could experience his love. And there's people here today that you think, all right, preacher, tell me what I got to do, amen, so that I might obtain the love of God. Amen, just tell me what program I got to sign up for so that I can feel that love that you're talking about. Amen, what, what do I do? I got to crawl down to the altar on my knees? Do I got to do penance and whip myself on the back? What do I got to do to feel feel the love of God. And I've come to tell you that his love is not conditional. His love is not like our love. His love's not my, my, like my love. His love for us has always existed. Amen. We are his children. We are the sheep of his pasture. Amen. Greater love has no man than this, than that a man lay down his life for his friends. He said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. He said, Lord, I lay down my life uh, for my people. I came to preach to somebody. Uh, you are dearly, uh, deeply, uh, profoundly, and unconditionally loved uh, by God. Uh, you don't have to earn it. Uh, you don't have to work for it. Uh, you just got to receive it. Uh, you are in this building, maybe your first visit. I want to tell you, you're loved by God. Uh, you might have been here 40 years. Uh, I want to tell you, you're still loved by God. You might have walked away for a while uh, and not served God, but I want to tell you, there's nothing you could have done wrong to stop God from loving you. Somebody lift up your hands. Oh, let's love him. Come on. Come on, let's love him all across this building. I'm just about done preaching. But I've just come to break through to somebody. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Well, I want to be loved. You are loved. Well, I want to receive love. You are loved. Well, I, I want to go obtain that love. You are loved. You don't need to search for it. You don't need to work for it. It's something that you are. It's not dependent upon you. It's dependent on the God that loves you. Ephesians 2 says, God, who is rich in mercy and great in love, wherewith he loved us. Amen. Even when we were dead in sins, has quickened us together in Christ. By grace are you saved. God is love. I think we ought to shout about that. I think we ought to shout about that. I'm glad God isn't Evan Hood. I'm glad God isn't you. I'm glad God isn't looking down from heaven like some mythology of Greece with a lightning bolt in his hand looking to destroy you and I. But when God looked on us, just like Jesus looked on his people, the Bible says he did it with eyes of compassion. And when God looks down on you and I, even when we've fallen and when we failed, it's just like a mother looking at their child and said, I know you fell down, but I'm not going to throw you out as my child. I know you scraped your 
your knee, but I'm not getting rid of you. I'm not going to change your last name and throw you out the door just because you made one mistake because you broke something in the house because you fell over. I want to tell you, his love is unconditional for you. And when you fall down, he looks down and says, I want to pick him up. I want to kiss the boo-boo and make it better. I want to put a Band-Aid on it. Come on, somebody. I want to tell you that you are dearly, deeply, profoundly, and unconditionally loved by God. And you better never forget it that God looks down from heaven and says, I love him. I want to save him. I want to reach him. I got blessings for him. I want to help him. Can I help you here today? You're loved. 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 Oh, somebody ought to give God praise. Come on. We ought to give God praise. We ought to thank God. He's love and he loves us. I'm loved by God. Amen. I come to talk to people today that are broken because mommy didn't love you, because daddy didn't love you. Amen. Because other people didn't love you. Because your first spouse didn't love you. Amen. Because your third spouse didn't love you. Amen. You're thinking about God and you're basing his love on all the love you have or have not received. Amen. His, his love is different than human love. God's love is unconditional. It's not based on feelings or on emotions. He doesn't love us because we're lovable or because we make him feel good. Oh, if I dance a little more, he'll love me more. Nope. Nope. You dance a little more because you understand and have a revelation of how loved you are. If I show up to church, he'll love me a little more. No, when you show up to church, you're just letting God know how much you love him back. Amen. If I do X, Y, or Z, he'll love me a little more. No, his love cannot be maintained. His love cannot be obtained by what you do or do not do. I want to tell you, he loves you, and that's it. God does not, we do not get love from God because we do something for him. God doesn't need us. The fact that God is love is why he created us. He created us to have a loving relationship with him. He, he created you and I because God in his essence is so much love that it cannot be contained in one. And so he had to create something else on which to bestow his love. Hallelujah. I know people had kids for all sorts of reasons, but that's the real reason we have kids is because there's so much love in the relationship that something's got to be produced from it. Amen. I want to tell you that God so loved and he's so much love that he created you. Well, I'm broken. Well, I've got this. No, not in the eyes of God. You are loved. You are beloved. You are beloved of God. Amen. I want to help somebody today. You are beloved of God. And don't ever forget it. If somebody asks you what your name is, you can tell them, I'm loved by God. If somebody asks you why you messed up this week, tell them, I'm loved by God. If somebody looks down on you, you just remind them, I'm loved by God. Somebody all lift up your hands and magnify the Lord. Come on, let's praise him. Let's thank him for his love. Come on, let's thank him for his love. Come on. We got to thank you for his love. I think we don't talk about it enough. I think we might be afraid to talk about it. I'm not, I'm not afraid to talk about it no more. I'm going to tell somebody, amen, you, you, you are loved by God. I think some people are afraid to tell. I, I think some churches are afraid to tell people they're loved by God. Well, brother, you tell them they're loved by God, that'll give them a license to sin. Last time I checked, people sin without licenses. Amen. You don't need a license to sin. They're already doing it. So instead, what I have found and what I have discovered 
Amen. Is those people that they keep falling into the same mess, they typically have the same thing in common. They don't understand their worth. Hallelujah. I'm just going to talk today if it's all right. Amen. There's people that keep doing the same old thing, keep going back to the same broken relationship. Amen. They keep finding another one-night stand. They keep trying to get this, that, or the other to fill that void. I'll tell you what they're doing. Amen. They don't understand how loved they are. And so they're looking for love in all the wrong places. And they're searching around for somebody that's going to love them. But I want to tell you, love's not found by a person. Amen. Love's found in Jesus. Love's not found in another individual, and love's not found in a substance, and love's not found in an activity. Love is found in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. So you might as well stop the search. You found what you've been looking for. You might as well throw the map away. You found the love you've been looking for, and it's in this building. You are loved by God. Amen. God loves you enough to restore the relationship. Well, I haven't done anything on my end. That's all right. God commended his love toward us while we were yet sinners. Uh, this is the love of God. Not that we love God, but that God first loved us. I want to tell you where love started. Love for God doesn't start with you. Uh, love doesn't start with you showing up to church. The reason you're at church today is because of a God in heaven that loves you and has been pulling on you. And the reason you're in the house of God today is because there's a God that loves you and he's pulling on you and saying, come into my love. I'm not here to beat you, beat you down. I'm here to love you. I'm here to let you know how loved you are. I want to tell you, God's love is perfect. Amen. We read it and we quote it at weddings, but it works great for God. 1 Corinthians 13 says love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered for those that think they just anger God all the time. It keeps no records of wrongdoing. Hallelujah. Well, God, I messed up five times a day. God goes, well, that's news to me. I keep no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but it rejoices in the truth. Other people might believe a lie about you, but God believes the truth about you. You might even believe a lie about you, but God believes the truth about you. Amen. I want to tell you that love always protects. For those that don't think God cares about them, he'll always protect you. Amen. God, his love always trusts. His love always hopes. His love always perseveres. And let me help you for those that feel like you've gone too far. His love never fails. Can I say it again for those in the back? You got the cheap seats. His love never fails. You might have failed. You might have messed up. But his love for you will never fail. Can I preach to you? Uh, you are dearly, uh, deeply, profoundly, unconditionally loved by God. Uh, amen. I want to help you here today. He'll not stop loving you. Uh, he'll not stop loving you. Uh, he'll not stop loving you. Somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand across the building.
Come on, let's pray all across this house. I am loved by God. 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 Come on, somebody needs to hear this today. You got a deficiency of love from everybody else, from mom, from dad, from relationships, but you need to come into the knowledge that you are loved by God and there's nothing you could do about it. You are loved by God and there's no way you can escape it. You are loved by God. Let's pray all across this house. Come on, let's pray. I'm loved by God. I'm loved by God. You ought to shout that in the face of the devil. I'm loved by God. You ought to shout that in the face of condemnation. I'm loved by God. Well, preacher, you don't know. I looked at pornography this week. You, you're loved by God. He can forgive that. Well, you don't know. Amen. The things I've been doing this month, that's all right. You can be forgiven. You can be loved by God. Amen. In fact, you are loved by God. Well, preacher, I haven't been doing right. That's all right. I, I want to tell you, you are loved by God. God, get this, God is love. Which means, in definition, God is defined by love. His essence is defined by love. But his love is so outreaching that when he looks at us, we are defined by love as well. We are defined by his love. Not our love. Not other people's love. I came to help free somebody today. Broken backgrounds come on I came to help somebody you're defined by love but it's not other people's love and it's not your love for yourself in fact that's the biggest problem that's why you're in the mess you're in because you don't love you I just came to help somebody you don't love you so therefore no one else can love me because you keep a record of all the wrongs you've done you keep a record of everything that's gone wrong everything that's failed God looks at you and says, my love for you never fails. It's always intrigued me, and I'll be talking about this a lot more. I see it being a need in the kingdom of God. Because I think we haven't talked about love enough. And love from God. We talked a lot about loving God, but I don't think we've talked enough about being loved by God. When John wrote of himself in his gospel, John didn't say, John the Revelator. He didn't say, John, the one that had this revelation of the beasts and the end of times. John, the mighty one. No. John wrote of himself. He wrote Peter's name. He wrote everybody else's name. But when it came down to write his own name, he wrote down the disciple whom Jesus loves. You need to go home. You need to change the way you talk about yourself. Come on, it wasn't John, the son of Zebedee anymore. It wasn't John, the son of thunder, that tried to call down lightning on people. It was John, the disciple that Jesus loved. It wasn't even necessarily John, the disciple that loved Jesus. Because I'm sure there was times where John didn't quite live up to his end of the bargain. But John defined himself as the disciple that Jesus loved. He saw himself as beloved. And when he wrote to the church, 
he opens up every letter, beloved. Because he wanted the world to know that God's church is loved by God. And any person from the world that reads it, he wanted them to read it. And the first words they read of his gospel or his epistle was, You're beloved. Who am I? I am loved by God. Well, preacher, God loves me because false, wrong. Get rid of the word because. God loves me because I go to church. God loves me because I prayed today. God loves me because I worship. God loves me because, 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 because. False. Get rid of the word because. And for the other person that says God loves me if. For those that can't even say they've done it yet. But God will love me if. Depending on if I do something right next weekend. All right, preacher, I heard you preaching today. If I can go to this altar today, if I can go home and, uh, you know, start living a certain way, and uh, if I can start feeling better about me, then God will love me. That's also false. Get rid of the word if. Here's your statement now. God loves me. The only true statement you can make about the love of God in comparison to you is that God loves me. I am convinced that if we got this revelation of the profound love that God has for us, it would change us forever, and we would in turn go out and change the world. But too many of us have not yet got this revelation of how deeply and dearly and profoundly and unconditionally loved we are by God, and therefore we live out our insecurities, and we live out our issues. Amen. But if we would ever come to this revelation today, I am loved by God. We would act different. We would live different. We would treat one another different. We would have different marriages. Our kids would be different. Our churches would be different. Our city would be different. And I'm praying if I ever spark a revival, an apostolic revival center, let it be this revival. You are loved by God. What shall, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Rhetorical question. I'm done right here. Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or peril or sword, as it is written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long, we're counted as sheep for the slaughter? Are those going to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? No. In all these things... How are we more than conquerors? How are we overcomers like they sing? We are more than conquerors through how good we've been this week, how much we prayed, how religious we've been, how many times we've been to the house of the Lord. No, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We are not more than conquerors through us that loved him. We are more than conquerors from him that loved us. 
I am persuaded. I'm hoping to persuade somebody today that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come, nothing you did and nothing you will do, nor height nor depth nor any creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. I hope to persuade you today you are loved by God. I hope to persuade every build, every person in this building uh, you are dearly, uh, profoundly, uh, and unconditionally loved uh, by God. Uh, I want to help you here today. You're loved. You're loved. You're loved. Lift up your hands and let's pray. I'm done preaching. Let's pray all across this house. They're getting ready to sing here in a moment, but I want us to pray. Come on, let's pray all across this building. Come on, there's somebody that walked in this house. You don't feel very loved. You haven't felt very loved all your life. But I've come to tell you, you are loved. You are loved. You are loved. You are loved. Nothing you could do about it. You are loved. Well, what if I go out and sin from this place? You are loved. Well, what if I go out and mess up again? You are loved. Well, what if I fail again? You are loved. Romans 5 and 5, my final verse. How do we receive this love? I want to tell you, it's already there. But how do we receive this love? How can we really feel it in our mortal bodies? Romans 5 and 5 says, Hope makes not ashamed because the love of God is shed or spread abroad in your hearts by the Holy Ghost. You want to know why we preach about you receiving the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues so much? It's not just so you can shout and dance like the rest of us. It's so that when you do shout and dance, you know why. Because the love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. It's so that when you get the Holy Ghost, it can go to the area of your heart that you've not ever felt loved. It can go to the area of your past where you were unloved by mom or unloved by dad. It can go to that area where you're deficient, where you got insecurities. And that love can reach down and tell you you're loved. I want us to come down to this altar. Would you come? Would you come down to this altar? Amen. I want you to come, but I want you to come with the express purpose to be loved by God. I don't want you to come down here to make commitments that you're going to do better about loving God. I want you to come down to this altar and lift up your hands and say, God, I want to receive that love. If you have yet to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, if you have never spoken in other tongues, I want you to come down to this altar, lift up your hands, and just begin to worship the Lord. Just begin to love God. Just begin to give God praise, and God will fill you with the Holy Ghost, and God will start moving areas of your life that you've never felt loved, but today you're going to feel loved. You maybe never felt love of God, but you're going to feel the love of God today. You might feel deficient and insecure, but today, if you get the Holy Ghost working, God's love will spread to those dark areas. God's love will spread to those areas where you're hurting. God's love will spread to the areas where you're broken. Hearted. God's love will spread. Come on, let's pray as they begin to sing. Come on, let's pray all across this house. In the name of Jesus, you are loved. You are dearly deeply, profoundly, uh, unconditionally loved. What am I going to do about it, preacher? Receive it. What am I going to do about it? I'm going to lift up my hands and say, Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody pray.
Come on. When you get to this altar, pray it. I'm loved by God. Say it. I'm loved by God. Express it. I'm loved by God. Thank you. 